Welcome to the Cross-Border Interviews for this Friday morning, the show where we sit down with local elected leaders from all corners of Canada. Now, over the course of this episode, we'll be learning about who our guest is, what drives them, and how they are working to make their community a better place for everyone. Today, we are honored to be sitting down with the councillor from Sturgeon County, Alberta, Neil Como. But before we get into today's episode, we want to take a moment and remind you to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this or watching this. That way you can stay up to date on all of our latest interviews with local elected leaders from across Canada. Now, on to the show. Uh, Councillor, thank you so much for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, it's always great to sit down with local leaders from across Alberta, particularly ones who, like yourself, are also serving on FCM. So thank you so much for doing this, Councillor. Thanks for having me. Great, great to be here. So, Neil, I want to start with my basic question to start off the interview, and you're no exception to the first question, and that is, where did your sense of duty to serve your community come from? Uh, you know, I think from a young age, um, when your parents are involved, you know, with, and, and I think for me, myself, my parents are my huge mentor, but um, when, when they're involved in you know, sports teams, et cetera, you get a sense of community and, and how you can give back that way. Um, you know, I went away to school. I wasn't sure I would be back in Alberta at that point in time. And when I came back, I quickly realized no better place to be back. And I literally live on the same home quarter that I grew up on. Um, and we're talking, I'm fifth generation. My kids are sixth generation in that area. Um, you know, so those, those um, building blocks were enabled by my parents, but also my grandparents and relatives, family, friends around, etc. So what made you what was the draw to municipal politics? And I have to ask that question because I think that's the most important question to start this interview off because you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to give back municipally. What was it for you that drew you? So my uncle actually was the mayor of Sturgeon County, gosh, 15 to 20 years ago, roughly. And he himself also was you know, active provincially as well. Uh, in politics. And, and I think that, you know, as a young kid, when you went to those, those forums and you saw it, there was an interest that developed there. Um, could I honestly say I, I envisioned at a young age being involved in politics? I would probably say a hard no to that. If you asked any of my teachers, uh, you know, speaking in front of a crowd of people was never my favorite thing to do. Um, I think you get better at it with time. Um, and, you know, the, the importance of giving back like that, you know, municipally, I thought of doing it, I'm going to say four, 13, 14 years ago, uh, I was approached, would you do it? And I, at that time, my kids were quite young and I just didn't have the time. And, and you know, as well as I do, it's, it's a huge time commitment. And what you put into anything is what you get out of it. So, you know, just being on council is one thing, but I think that if you're active within the community as well as on boards and committees, and, you know, you mentioned FCM, um, you know, huge passion for me rurally, that's where my roots are is rural. And, you know, when I first got on to council, uh, my first RMA, um, the first person that I met that I wasn't introduced with to, pardon me, by other members of the council that were more senior and had been there before was Robin Kirkywood, who, I sat on rural farm and he was the first person that I met and we chatted at RMA, gosh, must've been an hour, you know, found some common connections and, and he 
he is someone I would say is a lifelong friend. Um, and, you know, he was the chair of rural forum before. Um, I actually just put my name forward to do that. Um, so we'll see. Um, I, I, I feel I could do a good job at it, but at the same point in time, there's many other good candidates out there that, that will put their names forward, I'm sure. Um, but it's, it's something that I think once you get involved in it, you develop even more of a passion for it. Um, I, I know initially the first um, little bit that I was on council, you know, they, the old adage was turn the fire hose on and try and take a drink. And that's what it literally was because it's so far away from what my business is that I do on a regular basis, but it's been rewarding all at the same time. And I've met, you know, a ton of great people throughout the years. So I, I love these conversations to, uh, that I, I let the sort of guests lead to the conversation because I don't come in with a perceived notion of what we're going to talk about. But I want to talk about something you just mentioned that you put your name forward for the FCM rural form. Um, and I want to know, um, in your opinion, as counselor, as a board member for FCM now, what are the issues facing rural municipalities across Canada today, do you believe? Uh, the, the biggest one has got to be, you know, funding constraints and, and downloading by the provinces, etc. Um, you know, not everyone has the ability to have oil and gas in their backyard, which a lot of Alberta does. But, you know, there's a lot of, you know, maritime provinces, particularly um, that they don't have that in their backyard. We have a lot of ag here as well. But, you know, the rural, the rural sector, we're being kind of squeezed out to a certain extent. Um, I think that we can and should be still seen as a valuable member of the caucus in general. And I think we are, um, but, you know, if, if we could even just have a level playing field when it comes to funding, that would go a long way for us. What does that mean? A level playing field? Do you not see that right now? And I'm not trying to put you on the spot here at all, Neil. And I, I feel like I, if I am do, do just tell me to move on, but, what does a level playing field look like for rural municipalities? Because you talk to urban municipalities, they'll tell me, well, rural municipalities get all the oil and gas funding and we don't, we kind of have to hope that they're going to give us some of the piece of the pie. What are you saying is an equal funding? You know, I mean, you just look at some of the rural members and their, <laughs> their, budget a few. <laughs> are, yeah, their budgets are tiny and, and, and they're living on a shoestring and can barely make it. And, you know, that's what I'm talking about, that equality that has to be there for them to exist. And, you know, there's going to come a point in time where some of these municipalities, unfortunately, might not be here. And we've already seen it in Alberta. Um, if I remember correctly, it was Grand Cash um, was one that uh, amalgamated with uh, Greenview County. And, you know, it's, it's sad. I don't think they lose their autonomy because they're still Grand Cash and everyone knows them as Grand Cash. But that entity is no longer there. And Greenview County, um, you know, has to come in and I'll say pick up the pieces per se. And which is really sad because I don't think that even when it came to that process for them and another one is Waldman, when they, you know, dissolve those municipalities, you're holding a whole lot of uh, sometimes headaches to deal with. 
you you've been on council for some time now and i i want to know has the role of the counselor changed compared to when you first started to compared to today because we're seeing a lot of and you talked about downloading from provincial governments from federal governments changing the way municipalities have to operate but do you see that the role of a counselor has changed over the last few years as well very much so um i i think even for myself when I first got on, I leaned on, you know, the, the more senior council members and, and you learn from them. Um, and then you, you know, take a little more prominent role and you, you get a little more involved. But I don't think there's an off button right now for municipal politics and, and people in general. Um, you're constantly on the go. And again, that I guess that goes back to what you put into it, because if you don't want to, you could sit on the sidelines and quote unquote, really not put a lot of effort in and, and not feel those phone calls and, and do, you know, other engagements that you should, that is really, it's part of our role. Um, you know, we're frontline and when we're frontline, sometimes you get a call on a Sunday night on your home phone that you wish they'd call your cell phone. So your wife wasn't answering those calls or your kids, but it happens. And it's because our names are in the phone book and they feel they can call you and, and, and that's fine. Um, there's no, for me, there's no boundary there that way, but, it, uh, I know for my wife, it's been a, a sometimes a, a bit of frustration that the phone never stops, but um, that's what you signed up for. You, I, I'm to quote the president of FCM now, uh, municipalities are the government of proximity. You are the closest yeah. to the people. The day-to-day -day impacts that you make at that council table or at that board level impact the residents the day after you make that decision. And that is a heavy weight that a lot of councillors don't really prepare themselves for getting into municipal government. Has it weighed on you to make decisions that impact the financial issues that are going on in people's lives, whether it be tax increases, whether it be service levels, decreases that are impacting not only your, yourself, your family members, but your neighbors as well? hundred percent. It does weigh on you. And, and uh, from, I'm going to speak from a Sturgeon County perspective. Yeah. We went through literally five years of 0% hold the line, no tax increase. Let's find every efficiency we can. And just with the last round of taxes uh, in our budget, we had to increase. And, and that was not an easy decision um, because, you know, even from five years ago to now, things have become even tougher where people are struggling to pay their power bill, pay their gas bill, um, put groceries on the table for their families. Um, I think now more than ever, you know, programs like FCSS, et cetera, and trying to get them lined up with the proper pro programs, pardon me, that can help them um, ha has become even more paramount in the area and working together because, you know, people in Sturgeon County, within Sturgeon County, we have five towns within our borders and people don't see those borders. They see, I live in Morinville, I'm still part of Sturgeon County, or I'm, you know, they don't see those borders. They don't know which, you know, I'm going to use a food bank as an example. They don't know which food bank to go to. And to me, there shouldn't be a border there. We're all within that. Let's just utilize it together and work together that way if we can. You talk about the borders that municipalities have, but what about the borders that the different levels of jur uh, governmental jurisdictions have? Because I can imagine you, <laughs> you're smiling for those who are listening to this question, but you yeah. probably get questions about federal issues and provincial issues all the time, whether it be healthcare, whether it be uh, education, whether it be this, that, or the other, but you have to sort of deal with them because they've come to you. 
how do you see your role in sort of being the middleman between the other levels of government and your residents? Because you are, as Scott Pierce would say, the government of proximity, and people would probably know you more than they know their MLA or MP. 100%. There, there are people that call that they, they actually, I've had calls where they're like, you're our MLA. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm municipal. You need to contact this person. So you become a conduit where you're actually, you know, providing them information to here's who you need to call. This is what I would suggest, right? Um, you're having a road issue. Contact Alberta Transportation. You can talk with them, talk to your MLA, um, point them in the right direction. Most people, they just want help. And, and, and if you answer the phone on the other end and you're willing to talk to them, half the time you can actually solve the problem before they even contact their MLA and, and kind of squash it wherever it may be. Um, and, you know, others, you just, you just got to pass it along and, and give them the right information that hopefully they're willing to listen to. And, and it might not be the information they wanted to hear, but they've, they've you know, this is, this is what we think is occurring. Maybe you can look down further, but this is likely what your answer is going to be. In your time in office, do you think there's an understanding of the levels of jurisdiction that residents know? Like, would they know that municipal? <laughs> You're shaking your head. Yes, again. I'm, yeah. kind of, I'm, kind of, I'm finding this part the most interesting. That municipalities are being asked to do a lot more in the last few years, but they're not getting the funding. But residents are requesting that municipalities do more as well because they don't know what the levels of jurisdictions are. So, how do we combat that? How do we get people to understand that education is a provincial issue? Passports are a federal issue, but you have to deal with. Yeah, I, I think you, you you just summed it up in the beginning when you said just educate, period. You have to be able to try and educate the people to show them, here's the lanes that we, we fit in and wherever that may be. Um, again, I, they Does don't- Does communication come to play? Very much so. Very much. So. How, how important I, is it for you as a counselor, as a local elected official to communicate to your residents and not just by social media and Facebook and Twitter, but actually on the ground? So I'm actually probably one of the old school people that you'll speak to. I'm not I don't have a presence on social media. I, I it's not my thing. It's never been my thing. It's my kids. It's, um, it's horrible to say I'm 50, but it's the younger generation, which that's probably wrong. Um, I prefer hands-on, let's meet, let's chat, um, let's try and work to a solution together, find out whatever that may be. I, you know, you can direct them to go to our website. It's great. If they barely understand how to turn a computer on, the website is useless. So, you know, literally something as simple as, as odd as it sounds, at the start of the year, we as counselors can go out and give fire permits to people to burn garbage or a a brush pile or something in their yard they can fill that out online what the same people typically call each year can you come to my place we're going to visit for 10 minutes you're going to fill that out and i'm good to go and and that's what they want they they still want that like in our area counselors were known as the gravel road drivers we drove up and down gravel roads and you know if there was a problem yeah the culverts backing up here you know that's what we did that's changed uh for sure because now you know, technology, you have the patrol operators with iPads and they can literally log and go problem with the culvert there or whatever it may be. But the people still see us as the gravel road patrollers for the most part in my area. 
Um, you know, there's two divisions. We have we have six divisions in Sturgeon County. Two of them are are more urban based per se. I'm very rural. I have two hamlets, and the rest is country residential farmland. Are people willing to give their comments to you directly? Like you talk about those yeah. phone calls you get at the middle of the night or on a Sunday morning and your wife answers. Are people willing to actually give you feedback? Because I, I think there's an apathy in this country when it comes to municipal politics and not wanting to talk to them because it's not the sexy level of government. It's not the liberals versus the conservatives or the NDP versus the UCP. It's municipal councillors sitting around a table for the betterment of the community. So it's not quote unquote sexy. So are people willing to actually engage with you and your local community? I think for me, they are. Yes. Um, my personal opinion at the same point in time, a word you use the apathy. apathy um, I think that's across the board. I think <laughs> that's provincially, federally, municipally. Um, you know, sadly, we just look at, you know, any election that happens, what's the turnout voter turnout. And, this is my opinion only, not Sturgeon County. This is just me as a person. I don't think voting is a right. I think it's a reality that everyone should do. I mean, there are certain ex excuses that you have. You're in the hospital. Sure, you can't vote. But if you don't vote, you don't have the right to complain because you didn't put your name forward um, on that dotted line to, to decide who you wanted to represent you. Um, that's the apathy that I see is, is just in general, people put their hands in the air and say, you know, my vote doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Your vote absolutely matters. And and I'm going to segue, hopefully this is okay, but I'm going to segue into a conversation that I had, and I'm going to go back to RMA. This was probably four-ish years ago at RMA. There were some representatives that weren't happy with the way things were going. And their their idea was, we're going to actually, we're not going to go to FCM. We're going we're gonna to boycott FCM. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not the answer. I said, if you're not happy, you need to speak with whoever your representative is or put your name forward. And so, and that, and that was a very Alberta centric, right? Because, you know, Alberta, we, every province probably thinks it, but we think we're being picked on at times, right? And so from that night, actually, you know, what came about is we decided let's do an Alberta room at FCM where we host and we, you know, put video up and, and we're going to talk about what Alberta is, what Alberta isn't, and we're going to engage in conversation. And the worst thing you can do when you walk into one of those rooms is you go and talk to your same four people that you know that you're comfortable with. No, what I want you to do is you need to go and talk with a new person and make a new friend, which that's my first RMA. I made my new friend, which was Robin Kirby, right? But for this, we tried to do it and we had it organized. We had a budget. We were starting the process. And this thing called COVID hit. So it got squashed. So we revisited it and we actually just did it at FCM in Toronto. And it was a absolute success. And our CAO asked me, he said, Neil, what do you, what do you want out of this? I said, if I can change one person's mind, then it's a success for me. And at that meeting, to me, my personal opinion, we had a little over 500 people at this hospitality suite that we hosted among many municipalities working together. And, you know, we had Paul speaking, RMA, we had him, he might as well speak. We had, uh, uh, we're supposed to have Scott, he couldn't make it, so we had uh, Jeff, first vice president. Yep. And, and then uh, I did a little bit of speaking, that's not my forte, but more introductions, right? And we had these people in and we drew them in for conversation. We had video playing in the background. 
And one of the ladies after the fact, who's actually on FCM, uh, BC representative, came up to me afterwards the next day. And she said, thank you so much for doing that. We so needed that because mainstream media doesn't portray Alberta the way you guys are talking about the innovation and what we're trying to do. She said, we need to be educated. And I'm like, perfect. Then that was a success. And for me, we also have to look in the mirror too. We need to be willing to make change as well. And, you know, we're not all right. There's, there's three sides to every story. Unless you're married, then it's, she's right. But the rest of us, you know, the truth is somewhere in the middle. And, and we have to accept that because there are too many people that it's, it's my way or the highway. And, and that doesn't work. Um, I, I can I can attest that uh, some of the municipal councillors that I've spoken to after FCM have all said that that Alberta uh, uh, first uh, greeting night was probably one of the best they've ever attended for any FCM they've ever gone to. So I'm just letting you know that they have said that to me as well. So I'm looking forward to be it being in Calgary next year. <laughs> it will be. We're already talking about the the second version and. Uh... Being a little better um definitely you know we struggled with that process we struggled with our budget a little bit where we're trying to get things you know simple things you know an alberta ice sculpture well that's not in the budget we got to cut that next year calgary i mean i'm i'm not giving away uh, all the secrets but definitely being in calgary you know locally produced items we want that to be showcased absolutely yeah. being in toronto that was a bit of logistics it was difficult we couldn't make it happen but, you know, there's no reason Alberta beef, Alberta pork, uh, Alberta spirits, et cetera, that's all there. Um, expanding on the video, if we can get more people buying in, uh, off the top of my head, I think we had 11 different municipalities that contributed to this. Um, and next year, I'd love to see, I mean, we have, you know, just with RMA, we have 69 RMA representatives. Why not have all of those represented there? That would be perfect for me, in my logic. I agree with you 100%. I wanted, I'm cautious of time here and I want to turn to the second seg seg segment and I want to talk about Sturgeon County for a second. As a counselor, I want to yep. talk about Sturgeon County for a few minutes. But before I do that, I want to preface this conversation, this part of the conversation by saying this. This is a conversation between the counselor and myself. This is not a motion of counsel. This is not a direction of counsel. This is not a policy of counsel. This is the counselor's opinion and only his opinion. So, counselor, in your opinion, as of recording this interview, what is the biggest issue in your belief facing Sturgeon County today? Fear of change. Uh, and by that, I mean fear of change. Not only people on council at times are a little reticent, and it can be administration as well, but I think it's the general public. Um, people don't like change. And, and I think we need to change and we need to evolve. Um, in Sturgeon County, we have a, you know, the, the Valley is, is, is a, a project where we've been working on for years and it, it could see, and I say could up to 50 to 60,000 people moving into that area, um, essentially creating, you know, I'm going to call it a mini St. Albert, if you're familiar with St. Albert. Um, and people don't want that in their backyard, that nimbyism. I don't want that in my backyard. I'm, I'm good with my country residential, but what people don't realize is before they ever got there with country residential, it was straight farmland. It was trees. It was, there was no one there and things have evolved to get us to this point. And, and if we can get them to believe in the future and the vision that we have, 
whether it be the valley or whether it be something as simple as and and I shouldn't say simple, but um, very first FCM conference I went to, I met a company there in the trade fair called Sustain, and it's a waste energy uh, company. Uh, right away, boom, light bulb went off. For me, I look at as as someone who's born and raised in Surgeon County, I do not want to see a ski hill of trash in my county. I would like to see a better way of making that operate and you know facilities like that and i've toured six or seven different facilities and i'm not saying which one is the best but just accepting that things are changing and and not everything is going to stay a wide open space field that we have lots of in sturgeon county but we need to get out of our own way and and accept that change is coming and you know some of it is going to be great for the region i mean we our mayor is, is, has been head of the uh, hydrogen hub, Edmonton Hydrogen Hub. And we've looked at even that community that I mentioned, that could be a complete hydrogen community. Um, and, and that could be a game changer. And we're talking about, um, you know, Alberta's oil sector, et cetera. I think the energy transition is occurring, whether people like it or not. Um, we're still built, Alberta's still built on oil and gas, but that can transition and hydrogen is a great way to do that. Um, you know, is that something that for me personally, I would love to say, yeah, we're already there. We've already transitioned. We've got it all figured out. No, we're learning on the fly. And if you're not willing to learn, then your, your community is going to kind of stay stagnant. And, and I don't want that. Sturgeon County has long been known as kind of, you know, the little brother out there per se. Um, I think we need to look at it that we're, we're becoming somebody, a player in the field. Um, we have a lot to offer. Um, you know, we have the heartland. I don't know if you've heard of the heartland. Um, there's, there's a lot there and a lot, a lot more potential that could come out of the heartland. I have driven through Sturgeon County numerous times driving back and forth up to Slave Lake. So I, I know it quite well. And I was just in Sherwood Barker like three days sure. before this interview was recording. So I know the heartland quite well. Um, I, I so want to talk about you something. mentioned uh, Park. Yeah. No, I was just going to say you mentioned Sherwood Park. I think that we as Sturgeon County, we can learn a lot from Sherwood Park, from Strathcona. Um, you know, they've been at it a lot longer than we have. Um, people look at, you know, within St Sturgeon County and go, well, you have you have this heartline. You, you know, all your roads should be paved. Everything should be perfect. We're just getting started. We're absolutely just getting started. And, and, Strathcona has been at it a lot longer and, and we can learn from them as far as I'm concerned. Sorry, I interrupted. No, oh God, no, go, go for it. Um, that's what, that's a conversation. If it's not a question and answer session, it's a conversation. But I want to talk about something you just mentioned a little bit, like a few minutes ago. And it's about trying to educate people on the need for growth, the need for change, the need for things to continuously to progress. How do you balance that? Because you have to understand that people are very apprehensive right now about things moving forward and change and growth. But you as a counselor understand that if growth doesn't happen, stagnation happens. And the worst thing that a municipality can have is stagnation. So how do you balance the needs of your county with the needs of what people are telling you they want? Because you as a counselor for your ward have to look at what people have elected you. You have to look at the community, but then you also have to not forget about the people who may disagree with you well you're never going to please everyone we know that <laughs> no that's, that's come on neil um, but 
if if we can, you know, quote unquote, please the masses per se, um, and I think it still boils down to it's that open dialogue. Here's the reason why we're doing this is is so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to my uncle who I spoke about who was the mayor many years ago. So many years ago, him and a mayor went and met with a fellow named Ian McGregor, who Ian McGregor was the head of NWR. NWR is, you know, monumental for Sturgeon County. They had the vision back then to go and meet with Ian and try and set this up and set the wheels in motion. And, you know, at the time, people probably thought, why are these guys going and doing this? We don't need this. You know, some people call us dirt farmers when, when we're in, in municipalities rurally. Um, why are these dirt farmers doing this? Well, no, there's a reason we're doing it. It's because it's to better the community moving forward. And I think that we have to continue that. If, if you're not moving forward, and, and I'm going to go from an act dev standpoint, if you're not chasing the next, what it could be, the next business to come in to improve your community, then you are stagnant and you're going to fail miserably. And, you know, we're very fortunate in Sturgeon County that we have, we have a lot going for us. We have a lot in the heartland. We have a lot of land. We have great agriculture in this area um, and a lot of visionary, great business people for that matter too. And, you know, if we can tap into that and, and sometimes you just kind of, kind of got to get out of their way because th they're going to show you the progression of it. Um, you know, when I talk about the Valley and the progression that could go there with all the housing, the real estate market will dictate that. And, and we can say, yeah, we want to put this type of housing there, this type of housing there. But if the real estate market doesn't dictate it, then it's not going to come to fruition. I mean, it's all pie in the sky. We can come up with these great plans, but people have to be willing to move forward with some of these plans that we have. It, you mentioned the elephant in the room and that's the housing. Housing is a massive issue across Canada right now. And I think that a lot of urban cities are seeing this uh, play out in front of their face. Are you seeing this unfold in Sturgeon County as well? Is there a housing crisis up in your area as well? So, yes, there is for sure. <laughs> um, but what it's doing is so, so what, what's happened is, and I'm going to go back to the, the family farm, right? Yep. So family farm is there and I decide I want to set my kids up and, and they set up on an acreage, whatever it may be. That is occurring, but what's not happening is there's not enough of that succession planning. So a lot of the kids are going away and moving to the city. I can buy a condo for, I'm going to make a number up, 200000 Well, 200000 is not barely going to get you started on an acreage. So there is that type of housing crisis rurally. Not everyone can afford to live rurally right now. Um, is Do I know what the solution is on that? I don't. Short of you know, what generations before have always done is you help your kids. And, and I think that's going to happen. Um, you know, that's how Sturgeon County was built is, is on relationships and families. And then we all got along and, and, and that's how you expanded your communities. Um, but definitely the, the housing crisis is there for sure. You know, when you see homelessness in, you know, lit, I'm not, not making this up, up my way uh, a year ago, Two homeless individuals and I live very rural. Um, an abandoned yard. We're living, trying to live in the winter in an old hog barn with no heat, and that's occurring rurally. And and we don't think that happens. You just kind of think that happens in in the big centers. That happens in Edmonton and Calgary or Toronto or Vancouver, but it, it's happening all over. Um, you know, I I my business itself is in 
in Morinville, which is right in Sturgeon County. And I had people trying to live in the hedge that I have behind my clinic. So um, it's, it's everywhere. And it, it's, a, it's a big problem that we have to tackle. Um, I don't know that there's a magic bullet that's going to fix it all. I really don't know that, though. Okay. I, I know I was going to talk about Sturgeon County here for a bit, but I need to ask this question. And it's you mentioned something, and I feel like you're prepared for this question. Is rural Canada dying? Because you talk about the agriculture crisis, about the family farm moving away and p- kids not taking up what their parents were doing. You talk about how more development is sort of urbanizing rural areas, whether it be that 50,000 households. Is rural Canada okay? Like, I'm not trying to be blunt there, but I'm just trying to well, trying to get a sense of where I'm coming from. And if my I'm thinking it, my, my listeners might be listening it the same way. I, I think there's some some genuine strife there. Uh, you're, you're correct. It's it's in trouble. Um, definitely. Okay. I mean, the family farm, the dynamics that are going on with that. I mean, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. My kids would love to get into farming, but it's almost for the traditional type of farming. It's almost unattainable. I mean, when you're looking at a combine costing million dollars, well, that doesn't make sense for a 19 year old kid to get into if you don't have a lot of help along the way. And so rural lifestyle is changing. It's evolving. Um, I think that what we remember from the past is almost getting to the point of, yes, being no longer. And, and, and that's sad to say. Um, I think with rurally, we're having to evolve and, and learn on the fly. And, and we might see more instead of big tracts of land being farmed, it might be you have that 10 acre uh, garlic farm or, uh, you know, a whatever a you pick and and we have lots starting to show up right and and it's transitioning that way but you know rural as we remember back in the day when i was a kid yeah it's it's in trouble for sure i i love how you say back in the day when i was a kid and i'm like you're like five years older than i am man and you're not that (laughs) okay you're making me feel old now for god's sake you know I, i think and i don't know if you have kids chris but when when you have children um, you definitely get a sense of I'm getting older when, yeah. when my kids, my, our youngest is 19 and you're like, how did that happen? Um, no, I, I, I understandable. Re- I want to turn to my last subject because I'm cautious of time and I want, because I know you're a busy person. So I want to let you go here. So I want to talk about my favorite subject and that's tourism. I think, and I believe passionately that more Canadians should be spending their economic dollars here in Canada, visiting the great communities that we have, because we have some hidden gems in this country that people need to see. So for those who are listening, for those listeners from across Canada, what, what are some of the hidden gems in Sturgeon County? A couple of great ones, actually. Uh, obviously, many people golf, and, and I'm speaking about that because I love the sport, but um, we have 11 golf courses, which is great in, in the area. Um, you know, we have the Villeneuve Air Show, or Edmonton Air Show, um, which just happened August long. Um, yeah, we have the Snowbirds. Um, I would like to say I'd like to see that moving forward, that that becomes Edmonton's version of um, the Calgary Stampede. Let's sign some business deals there. Let's let's create and make this into such a, a huge atmosphere where you're getting industry, you name it, showing up. Um, that's one for sure. We have one, um, you know, that I'm partial to. It's called County Bounty. Um, basically, you know, show your wares. So local producers bring their stuff and, and we involve um, Alexander First Nation, which is one of our neighbors. 
um, just to the west. Um, and they come and we show the traditional side of, of First Nation communities and how those two interact together. Um, you know, George Arcand is, is the chief there currently, and he is actually the vice chair of the Edmonton Hydrogen Hub with our Maryland and Atu. And um, we've had a great relationship with them and working forward, see, you know, and I talked about that waste energy idea earlier, you know, they're in the play. They're, they're people we want to work with. And, you know, we're talking about many different municipalities in the area, but they're in the play for something like that. So County Bounty, I should go back to that with tourism, sorry. Um, you know, that's a great one. And that actually, uh, we had one of our staff members present on what County Bounty was actually at FCM, I think it was in Quebec City, if I remember correctly. Um, and actually the, at the time, the agriculture energy, no, agricultural minister leaned back and said, well, when is it next year? Here's my card, we'll invite you. Now, unfortunately she didn't show, but that's, that's okay, you can't be everywhere. Um, you know, those are some of the things. And, and you mentioned, you know, uh, tourism across the county. And, and again, I'm going to go back to, there's no borders. So, yeah. you know, there could be a, a great little uh, microbrew beer stop called the Sturgeon Brewery right in Mornville. Um, has our name, but it's in Mornville. Um, great little stop. Um, you know, and then I'm very passionate about what you're speaking about as well, because I like to involve my friends and I'll say, give me a weekend of your time and I'm going to need, you're going to need some money and we're going to go on a tour. And so we might start in Sturgeon County and we might land up in Canmore as an example. And we like to check out different little things along the way. And, and, you know, it, a great one. Uh, if you're ever near Rimby, Hawkstail Brewery, unbelievable, great little spot in Rimby, Alberta. Um, but seeing all these little spots that we all have, and we have so much to offer. Sturgeon County has a lot of wide open spaces and, you know, we have Cardiff Park, golf course right there, park next to it. You can do some fishing, whatever you want to do. Um, and, you know, there's other Redwater area. There's riding arena for, or not arena, riding area for equestrian use. Um, some people do quadding, dirt biking, things like that. Um, you know, I, I earlier in the spring, a fellow counselor and myself, ex-counselor, I should say, went on the Iron Horse Trail. What a great oh, wow. little spot to go on the Iron Horse Trail ride your quads up. We went all the way up to Cold Lake and turned around and came back and camped along the way. That's old history. And, and, you know, that, that old rail line. And we have so much in Sturgeon County, the history of Sturgeon County, but it's not just us. It's all across Alberta, Canada. You're, you're bang on. Um, it's, it's, we need to make it affordable that the people can do it because, you know, I'd love to say, let's go to you and I, let's go to um, Halifax tomorrow. Well, it's a big commitment. There's a lot of money in, in to get flights out to Halifax and go check out, uh, you know, the wares that they have out there. But if you can do it locally to start there, that's affordable for people. Um, not everyone can afford to go to, to Banff or Jasper or whatever it may be, but you can sure go see, uh, you know, the, the egg in Vegreville as an example. I, uh, you talk about going out to Vancouver, uh, the Halifax. I literally just spent three weeks in a car driving across Canada, doing exactly what you just described, which was yep. visiting all these small towns. Because one of the promises I make on my show is if you come on my show, 
I'm coming to your community. I'm coming to your community to spend economic money in your community. So I visited all these great communities that have come on this show, and I've learned such a newfound respect for municipalities' tourism. I think it's an untapped resource that federal and provincial governments need to start buying into because I think it's something that we often forget about. And I have so much more respect, and I can't wait to finally get back up north of Edmonton because I've keep on trying to get it but i've never gotten past saint albert in the last few years so this year i'm trying to make it through uh northern alberta so i visit all the great communities and sturgeon county will be on that list well um, you let me know and uh a will get you out golfing if you want but b um there's nothing better than seeing the heartland area and sturgeon county from up in the air so we'll get you up in a helicopter ooh, ooh, we'll do that you were speaking my love company. language <laughs> Great company in Villeneuve called Synergy, and uh, they do great work for us and, and, and with them, I should say. Um, you know, anytime, you know, people want to talk about the, the heartland and, and that industry out there, there's no better way to see the raw, vast land and opportunity that we have than from the earth. Well, I'm going to be in the area at the last week of September for the Alberta Municipalities Conference, so I might just take you up on that comment. Um, so I want to end on this question because I am cautious of time and I want to let you go here. And it's an important question. It's kind of the most important question of the entire interview. In your opinion, what makes Sturgeon County such a unique place to live, work, and raise a family? The, the You know what? The, the history. Um, so by that, the history of the people, the families in the area, we have so many generational farm families that that you know come and go per se i was one of them i left for a while to go to school but i came back and my kids want to stay in the area um you know another counselor on on our council counselor derwin he uh his family uh homesteaded as well in the area um so that sense of community that volunteerism we have great volunteers in the area um ag societies and such 4-h communities you name it that to me it's the people and, and the lifestyle um and, and as much as i sound like a debbie downer earlier when you say rural canada is is kind of having some troubles and trials and tribulations i don't i i do see a way forward in the sense that you know we're gonna have have to learn to evolve but definitely it's such a great area um you know sturgeon county for me has been home my whole life my parents my grandparents etc and you know i i can speak my parents myself and my kids all went to the same school which was just replaced two years ago um wow. that in itself pretty amazing really right and my grandparents used to clean that school back in the day but um that sense of community is what draws people in and i know um you know i'm going to go with camilla schools the school i'm speaking about in right in river Kabar. um that has always been the creme de la creme where people want to go and teach at because they get to teach these kids that want to learn they're engaged and you know our kids you know it's a hokey saying but our kids are our future and they are um literally i mean my kids the education that they've received so far um just by traveling around and having an open mind and seeing what their community can do for them as well as giving back like my daughter i maybe pushed her a little bit but um she has been on her college um council and where she's going to school and now we have a youth council so i kind of gave a little gentle nudge i think you should go and do that too and so she's seeing how it is to give back even at that level and she's 22 right um wow. that is the next i'd love to see 
you know, when I first got on council at, you know, do the math, go backwards, I was 44, 45, whatever I was, I was considered young. And to me, that was odd. Um, I didn't feel like the young, young person in, in my group of friends per se, but on council definitely was young. And, you know, the, my predecessor that I, I ran against, he's a family friend, great guy. He inspected the first car I ever bought. Um, but I just, in my mind, it was time, it's time for a fresh voice, time for some change. And, you know, moving forward, those young people that are living in our communities, those are the ones, I mean, you know what my first forum, my second forum, I should say, that I went to in my first election, one of the local uh, kids came up and said, thank you for doing that. You've spawned an interest. I'm going into U of A and I want a career in politics. Perfect. That's what I want. That's awesome. Um, Neil, yeah, I want to thank you. Yeah, let's see if he follows through. Um, Neil, I want to thank you so much for doing this. Um, when uh, Robin uh, Kirby-Wet and uh, Scott Pierce said I needed to reach out to you, I am very glad they pushed me in your direction because I feel like I've just scratched the surface on our conversation. But this is just a one-part conversation. We'll have a coffee or have a beer and we'll finish this conversation off the record and just shoot the shit because I, I feel like municipalities don't get their credit and I want to start changing that around because municipalities are the front line of government that people deal with and they often don't get the due that they deserve. So thank you. Well, and thank you for that. That's, uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, it's, it's not an easy job at times, but it is rewarding with just that one person saying, thank you for doing what you're doing. So that, that made the day right there. And, thank and uh, look oh, forward to you attending in Calgary. You come to FCM, we'll get into the Alberta oh. room as well. I'm here right in Calgary, man. So I'll be there. I like I'm okay. right around the corner from this. This like this is this is perfect. I don't have to pay for a flight, don't have to drive anywhere, just have to take the C train right downtown. Perfect. <laughs> but I'll, I'll see you at RMA conference then. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you for joining us today for another great episode of the Cross Border Interviews. Your continued interest in delving deep into the issues that shape our communities across Canada is both inspiring and essential to our mission. As we wrap up, it is my hope that you've gained valuable insights into the intricate world of municipal politics. Now, if you found this dialogue as engaging as I did, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. By subscribing, you're not just staying up to date with the latest conversations, but you're also playing a vital role in supporting our endeavor to bring you more meaningful content like today's episode. Now, we couldn't embark on this journey without your support as well. Creating content that sheds light on the issues affecting municipalities requires dedication and resources. Now, if you believe in our mission and want to help us to continue to grow, please consider visiting our support page conveniently linked in the show notes and is on our website. Every contribution, big or small, goes a long way in ensuring that we can keep driving and delivering the kind of content that you've come to expect from us. Now, once again, thank you for being part of the cross-border interviews community. Your engagement is what fuels our passion for shedding light on the issues that truly matter. Until next time, remember, stay informed, stay engaged, and most importantly, just keep talking. <laughs>